Welcome back. This is Dr. Ruth. Praise the Lord. We continue here in the Gospel of Matthew. We are in chapter 9. So what is the gist of this chapter? We will learn more about the healing ministry of Jesus and we will learn about his authority even over death as he will raise the dead. So that is the gist. So we pick it up here in verse 1, Matthew chapter 9. Keep in mind, we came from uh, chapter 8. Jesus had just uh, casted out the uh, demons from the two demon-possessed men, and the demons had inhabited the pigs, and the pigs had um, died in the water. So now Jesus stepped into a boat. This is Matthew 9 verse 1. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Verse 2. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man laying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, let me pause right there. When Jesus saw their faith, obviously their faith in the plural, uh, referring to the faith of the paralyzed uh, man's friends or the men who brought him lying on a mat. But the point here is that Jesus perceived faith can be perceived in somebody's eyes. Okay, that is the principle here. Even as a minister, there are people who come to me for prayer and they come in boldness, they come in faith, just talking to them. Their body posture is relaxed. Their language is faith-filled, focused onto the Lord. I have been able to perceive people's faith just talking to them. And people like that are the ones who are like, you know what, I am trusting God. I am here just to come in agreement with you so we can just seal the deal and I want to receive. Okay? So faith can be perceived. Faith can be seen. Okay, that is the uh, principle there. So moving on here, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Whoops. <laughs> the Pharisees are going to be very upset at this. Moving on. At this, meaning the statement that Jesus made about the forgiveness of sins, some of the teachers of the law, i.e. the Pharisees, said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. Blaspheming here meaning calling himself God because only God has authority to forgive sins. But you see, remember, the Pharisees were spiritually blind. They could not perceive that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. So Jesus really had the authority to forgive sins. And we will find out how Jesus would demonstrate that later on. So let's move on. In uh, verse 4, knowing their thoughts, this is Jesus knowing their thoughts. Here, we are learning how Jesus, uh, being a man, a hundred percent, and God, a hundred percent, obviously, he had limited 
to some degree his uh, ability to operate fully as God. So Jesus pulling from the gifts of the spirit was able to operate in the gift of discernment. So he knew that their thoughts, Jesus knew the thoughts of the Pharisees. So Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. Think about this, surely. Just like Jesus said, which is easier, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. Because if you just tell someone your sins are forgiven, well, how do they know? They can't. A human being cannot see sins being forgiven. But then Jesus is saying, which is easier, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. Let me ask you the same question. Which is easier to tell someone your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? What Jesus is doing, what he is about to do, he is about to perform a miracle to authenticate his spiritual authority. Jesus is about to use the physical to authenticate the spiritual to send a message to the Pharisees. Let us proceed. Verse 6, but I want you to know that the Son of Man, this is one of the messianic titles of Jesus, the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Exactly. So by the Lord Jesus, using the physical healing, he demonstrated his spiritual authority and power so that the Pharisees, can get it even though they didn't get it verse 7 then the man got up and went home verse 8 when the crowd saw this they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man again we just saw how the Lord Jesus used the physical healing to demonstrate his spiritual authority, okay? Um, exerting his authority over physical and spiritual issues so the Pharisees would get it. That he is the son of God, that he is the son of man with authority to forgive sins and to restore wholeness spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And he did that quite well. Obviously, the Pharisees were enraged and jealous. Hello, friends. This is Dr. Ruth here. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to share with you our ministry offer that is available to you as a donation to this ministry throughout my teachings out of the Gospels. So, I have two resources that I know will bless you tremendously because these two books have blessed hundreds of people. So, the two books all have to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ. So, the first one is titled, Who is the Real Jesus? And the second one is titled, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? So for a ministry donation of $50 or more, this includes shipping and handling. If you live here in the USA, we will mail these two books to you today. Okay, it will provide 
added clarity, added teaching about the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Christ. These are phenomenal resources that would add into the teaching here I'm doing in the Gospels and, and help you to really have a deeper revelation and walk with the Lord. So again, this comes to us as a donation and we thank you in advance for considering that. Again, the books are Who is the Real Jesus? And the other one is Are You Moving Forward with Jesus? For a ministry donation of $50 or more if you live in the USA. But if you cannot afford both books and you just want one, it's okay too. We thank you for your donation. So who is the real Jesus for a donation of $25 or more, including shipping and handling? And then the other book, Are You Moving Forward with Jesus, would be $35, including shipping and handling. We will mail these books to you today. The advantage of getting both books is that you would save $10, okay? So again, this ministry offer is only available for those who live within the USA because we cannot ship overseas. But if you live overseas and you're listening to me, you can get these books from Amazon. So here is how you can donate through us directly to get this book as a ministry offer. Our safe and secure website is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And then uh, if you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here's the telephone number for Zelle. 909-501-9031. Again, 909-501-9031. 9031 and then we also accept donations through cash app and the name there is the dollar sign dr ruth tanya or if you just want to bless us with a one-time donation to help us produce more teachings like this and pay for studio time we thank you abundantly uh, from the bottom of our hearts and god says thank you and god is so faithful that he will bless you back abundantly exceedingly so i want to thank you in advance for purchasing this additional ministry resources to help you to gain a better revelation of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, we thank you. Here is the teaching. Okay, verses 9 through verse uh, 11 here, we begin with the Lord Jesus uh, calling his disciple Matthew and we'll talk about how Jesus mingled with the sinners. Let's get to verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus said. Isn't it amazing how in the scriptures Jesus just told people, follow me? So we see Matthew, a tax collector, being called by the Lord to become one of his disciples. And Matthew willingly accepted This is really, there's a significant principle here. The calling of Matthew is unlike the calling of any other disciple of the Lord Jesus, meaning the first century disciples. Keep this in mind. Most of the disciples were fishermen. 
for fishermen. But Matthew was a tax collector. And back then, tax collectors were hated by the Jews because the tax collectors worked for the Roman government and they collected taxes from the Jews. And the Jews did not think they should be paying taxes. And the tax collectors were considered thieves because they would overcharge the Jews and pocket the extra money and they were paid on both sides. They were paid extra by taxing the Jews high amounts above and beyond what they should and then they would also collect money from the Roman government. So the Jews really hated them and they were considered hardcore sinners and they were considered to betray their own people uh, by collecting taxes uh, from them. But here we see the Lord Jesus befriending a tax collector. And we would learn how the Lord Jesus would use this as a bridge to reach other sinners, i.e. other tax uh, collectors. Okay, And Matthew, this calling of Matthew and his acceptance has a lot to teach us. Matthew, being a tax collector back then, was considered very wealthy. He had a very lucrative business. Okay? So for Matthew to just accept and follow the Lord, there's a lot we can learn here. Surely, when the Lord calls, we really should respond wholeheartedly. And in spite of how lucrative our careers had been in spite of how lucrative our businesses had been doing before the calling, God is fair. When God calls us, God will be certain to care for us. So we see Matthew, a wealthy, lucrative tax collector with no reservation, accepting the call of the Lord Jesus as his disciples. And being that he was a tax collector, he was a very skilled business person in record keeping. No wonder we have a very detailed account of Jesus' ministry called the Gospel of Matthew, obviously written by the former tax collector, Matthew, who was very skilled and detail-oriented. And we see that here throughout his writing. So he ended up with a much fulfilling career as a follower and a disciple of Jesus, he ended up, or he continues to bring blessings to countless people through his writings. So even though Matthew left a lucrative business as a tax collector to follow the Lord Jesus, he ended up better because he ended up fulfilling God's ultimate call and purpose for his life as a disciple and he continues through his writings to, to reach millions of people. So when God calls us, we should not hesitate. We should follow God because it would be better when it's all said and done. And uh, the disciple Matthew is a testament to that. Okay? All right. So continuing here with verse 10, um, the Lord Jesus had already called Matthew and he had responded we are now in verse 10 while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house now Jesus is at Matthew's house having dinner many tax collectors were there to uh, meet the Lord and verse 11 
the Pharisees saw that the Lord Jesus was mingling with the tax collectors and they were upset. And they asked the Lord Jesus' disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? <laughs> and on hearing this, let's look at the Lord's uh, reply uh, to them. Verse 12, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. So true. You have to keep in mind, the Lord Jesus is being kind of sarcastic here because the Pharisees considered themselves healthy, at least spiritually. Mm -hmm. They did not consider themselves as sinners, even though they were spiritually blind. So the Lord is saying that it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Verse 13, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous by the sinners. Self-explanatory. Okay. I don't even have to teach on that. That is, that is right there. Jesus, and this principle is still the same. Jesus is after those who are humble, who realize their spiritual bankruptcy, who need the Lord. Those who can humble themselves to say that I need help. Okay, Jesus is like, those are the people that I am willing to come into their heart. All right, but the Pharisees were spiritually blind and they were not willing. And uh, obviously the Lord was uh, telling them that. Moving on here to uh, verse uh, 14. Verses 14 all the way to verse... 17 will focus on how Jesus would be questioned about fasting. Let's go through this. Verse 14. Then John's disciples came and asked him, this is John the Baptist, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast off often, but your disciples do not fast? Interesting question. Let's look at the way Jesus responded. Verse 15. How can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Verse 16. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment making the tear worse. Verse 17. Neither do people pour new wine into old wine skins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wine skins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wine skins and both are preserved. That is a mouthful. What is the Lord teaching here? Powerful, the way he responded. Now, <laughs> the Lord is saying that in his response, the Pharisees and the and John the Baptist's disciples are fasting, but his disciples are enjoying his presence right now. The, the Lord is not saying that fasting is wrong because he himself fasted. But let's get to the principle here. Jesus came 
to abolish Judaism. That is the old. Let's go back to some of these verses. Let's take a look at verse 16. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on new garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Jesus was referring to the old system, Judaism. He came to abolish Judaism, the old. He didn't come to patch the old. He came to replace, to eradicate Judaism and to teach people the kingdom of God, which is based on a relationship with God. So he came to replace the old, okay? Judaism was the old. That is what the Lord Jesus is referring to here. Take a look at verse 17. Neither do people pour new wine into all wine skin. The all wine skin here in context is referring to Judaism. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wine skins will be ruined. The Lord Jesus is saying he did not come to patch the old Judaism. He came to replace it with a gospel, life-giving message that leads to freedom and a relationship with God. The Lord Jesus came to redeem mankind, not to reform mankind or to reform Judaism. So in context, that's what the Lord is talking about. The uh, patch of the unshrunk clothes, the old garment, referring to the old Judaism, that he came to bring the new Christianity. So that was his response that, hey, my disciples are going to rejoice while I am here with them. And I did not come to patch the old Judaism. I came to replace it, really. In a nutshell, that's what those verses are teaching. Moving on here to uh, verse 18, we would continue to learn now about the Lord Jesus' power over sicknesses and diseases, and again over death. Verse 18, while he was saying all this, a synagogue ruler, and remember a synagogue ruler, or leader rather, is like a leader of the uh, Jewish church, if you will, called a synagogue. So this man was a leader. He came and knelt down before the Lord, pleading with the Lord Jesus about his daughter who had just died. And uh, in verse 19, Jesus got up and uh, was going with this synagogue leader uh, to go essentially raise the daughter from the dead. And they will come to verse uh, 20. Just then, and I'm going to read this, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Verse 21, she said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. This is a powerful teaching. Glory to God. When we get to Mark's gospel, Mark really elaborated on this. We will get into much of the details when we get into Mark's uh, gospel. But here, we, we don't. Matthew didn't give us much about this lady. And I'm, I'm not going to discuss the details as Mark presented them. But I'm going to just teach on a couple of principles here. This woman had a bleeding disorder. And again, based on the Old Testament Levitical, Leviticus law that the Lord had given Moses, when someone had a bleeding disorder, they could not come out to the open place. They could not associate with others. They were considered unclean. In essence, this woman was supposed to be on isolation. But apparently, this woman 
had heard about the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. So this woman had meditated on on Jesus as her healer and she had conditioned her mind and she had determined that if she can just come out and touch just the edge of Jesus's cloak, she would receive her healing. And uh, we would see how this would uh, turn out. So this woman, in essence, Matthew again didn't give us the details, but this woman eventually crawled in the crowd and touched the edge of uh, Jesus's cloak. And in verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Okay, so she had already touched the cloak or the edge of Jesus's garment. Jesus knew that somebody had touched her. And Jesus told this lady, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Powerful. Okay, we see how this woman defied the Mosaic law in Leviticus chapter 15 specifically came out into the open, sought after Jesus in bold, aggressive faith, touched the edge of the cloak, healing virtue flew from Jesus and instantly that woman was healed and Jesus told her, your faith has healed you. Here we see a strong, bold, active faith. Boy, my goodness, this is this is really a powerful lesson because a lot of times there are people currently in this era who have diseases that they've been told are incurable just like this woman had friend don't go by the doctor's report i'm not saying that you should live in denial but god has the final answer go by god's report just like this woman step out in faith and stand and tell yourself that no Jesus has healed you over 2,000 years ago and you are determined to receive that healing. Trust God's report, just like this woman did. And God honors faith, just like he honored this woman's faith and she received instant healing. We are now in verse 23. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. <laughs> Jesus got into the synagogue leader's house and saw all these people. They were pumping a lot of noise. And, and Jesus spoke his faith and said, the woman is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. Mm -hmm. And um, verse 25 Jesus put out the crowd and he went and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Essentially, Jesus put out the noisy crowd and just went in there and raised the girl from the dead. Boy, sometimes when we are believing God for a miracle, we have to isolate ourselves from all the unbelief. Really, that, that was what was happening here. The people who were there in the synagogue leader's house didn't believe that that woman would be raised from the dead. So Jesus got there and they laughed at him. Jesus put them out and performed the miracle. There are times in our life when we have to isolate ourselves from those who don't believe like we do, especially when we're believing God for healing, for financial uh, manifestation or whatever. I am not saying that you don't talk to people. All I'm saying is that there are times when we just have to say, okay, I love you. I love you, but I need to just cut off from unbelief and focus on the Lord and just trust him. Okay. 
that really is a principle there. News of the Lord Jesus raising this young girl from the dead spread all over the region. That is what uh, verse 26 is teaching us uh, there. So now we come to verse 27 and verses 27 all the way to 34. We continue to highlight uh, the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus. And verse 27 reads, As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Again, son of David, another messianic title of the Lord Jesus, highlighting the fact that the Messiah will be a descendant of David. David. And... um when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Again, we see the Lord Jesus asking questions to people who were seeking after him. Like I said earlier, Jesus already knew their thoughts. Why do you think he was asking these questions? And he is still asking us these questions today. Again, number one is a free will. The Lord wants people to verbalize, verbalize their need for God. The Lord wants people to articulate their faith and to stir them. Okay? And I read at least one commentator who said that it took the Lord a little while to respond to these blind people because he wanted to test their faith. That's possible because our faith has to be tested. But the bottom line is that Jesus would really many times ask us questions. Because he wants us to ponder and meditate on what we are truly believing God for. And again, to test our faith. And here he is asking these blind uh, people, do you believe that I am able to do this? Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord, they replied. By, by the blind uh, men saying, yes, Lord, they are verbalizing faith in Jesus Christ as their healer. They are coming in agreement with the Lord Jesus to heal them. Verse 29. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. There we go again. The Lord Jesus saying the same thing I discussed in chapter 8. According to your faith, that's how we receive. I already explained that principle. I don't want to belabor that point again. Verse 30. And their sight was restored. Essentially, they received their healing instantly. Jesus warned them sternly. See that no one knows about this. Again, I already explained the secret motive that the Lord Jesus did not want people to follow him just for healing. Uh, so many times he would tell certain people to not, essentially to keep their mouth shut after they received their healing. But that was a hard thing to do. And remember... God the Father had a preordained time for the full identity of the Messiah to be revealed. And here, it wasn't quite the right time. Verse 31, uh, But these people who received their sights went and spread the news about the Lord Jesus all over the region. We come to verse 32. Uh, we see how uh, some demon possessed uh, people who could not talk uh, was brought to the Lord Jesus in verse 33 
The Lord Jesus drove out the demon and the man was able to speak who was mute. Again, some diseases are demonic. We see the Lord here healing the, the mute who were demon possessed. The crowd was amazed and the crowd was saying nothing like this had ever been seen in Israel. We come to verse 34, but the Pharisees were jealous and they said it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. So we see how the Pharisees are accusing the Lord Jesus of using demonic powers <laughs> to heal the sick. And it's unfortunate that today there are some churches, some religious organizations who are still accusing Christians who believe in healing, Christians who are really helping many people to receive healing, they have been accused of using demonic powers. It's unfortunate. So why did these Pharisees accuse the Lord Jesus of, of using demonic powers? Of course, because uh, the Lord Jesus weakened their control over the people. Mm -hmm. They could not perform miracles, so the Lord Jesus just weakened their power and control over the people, and the Lord Jesus challenged their religious beliefs and systems. So in order for them to come at Jesus... They had to accuse him of using demonic powers to heal. And lastly, the Lord Jesus really exposed their hypocrisy. Yep. So uh, that is why they were actually accusing the Lord Jesus. And then the last few verses here, beginning with, with verse 35, we will learn how the Lord Jesus would pray to the Lord God to send more workers to help okay uh, we get to verse 35 jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in the synagogue proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease and the lord jesus is still the same willing to help us to receive our healing if we desire to be made whole Verse 36, when he, referring to the Lord Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Again, we see the Lord here being moved to heal people because of compassion. He had compassion on them because they were uh, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Verse 38, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This prayer that the Lord Jesus prayed to God the Father is still so applicable. Mm -hmm. The harvest field is still ripe. We still need many workers to help us in the field. Even me, as a Bible teacher and as a minister, I still pray to the Lord all the time. Send laborers my way. Send, send those who, who have the heart to serve, to come alongside with our ministry to help us to serve people. This is still the same need that uh, many churches and ministries are facing in the 21st uh, century. And that brings us to the end of uh, chapter 9 here in the book of Matthew. So what are the major principles and applications? I have discussed this already. These are just uh, summary points. The Lord Jesus came to save all people. Okay? And the Lord Jesus is still healing today. 
and the Lord Jesus is still against religious people or religious Christians like the Pharisees who uh, believe that they are healthy, they are whole, and they don't need help. The Lord Jesus is still against those people because he knows that they are suffering on the inside. And you may ask, what is being a religious Christian? <laughs> really, a religious Christian, in my view, is like the Pharisees during Jesus' day. These are people who believe that their good works, mm -hmm, extensive fasting and, and doing good is what will win them good favor with God. These are people who, has, who are spiritually prideful, if I may use that word. They are spiritually proud. They are reluctant to reach out to God or to another Christian for help. That is what I call religious Christians. But you see, the Lord sees the heart. The Lord Jesus is after the humble. Mm -hmm. The Lord Jesus is after those who... who have discerned their spiritual need for him. Those are the ones that the Lord is willing and ready to help as, as they call, call out to him. God is no respecter of persons. Jesus is still willing to reach out to people today. Jesus is still willing to heal. Jesus is still willing to come into your life to give you purpose and meaning. But are you willing? Are you ready or are you acting like the Pharisees who think you, you, you got it together? None of us have it together. We all need Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Okay? So wherever you are, if you have pride in your heart, I ask in the name of Jesus to humble yourself so God can reveal more of himself to you. So God can elevate you. I ask that if you are using religious duties, church attendance, giving to the church, extensive prayer and fasting because you want to win God's favor, I am here to tell you that God is not impressed. God is after your heart. Are you truthfully seeking him? Mm -hmm. That is what God is after. And if you have the desire to serve God, don't let anything hold you back. The Lord Jesus is speaking to us today that the field, the harvest field is plentiful. We still need laborers to help. In the name of Jesus, I hope you receive that. So, Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I pray for all of the listeners, Father God, that you go before them to protect them. I ask for this word to be stirred in their heart. I ask for your Holy Spirit to strengthen them. And for those who are struggling with pride, I pray that your Holy Spirit should stir them to break this heart of pride in them and to just enable them to see their need for Jesus Christ. I just ask for your Holy Spirit to enable them to see that they are spiritually bankrupt, that they need you, God. I pray for you to speak to their heart, to call out to you because you're willing. You are an ever-present God to help us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for going before us for opening divine doors. We thank you for your word, which is eternal. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. As the Lord Jesus said, there's a lot to be done in the kingdom of God. 
but yet the workers are few. Hopefully you are serving the Lord in your local church or through a ministry. If you live in the Inland Empire area here in Southern California and you'd like to serve the Lord through our ministry, we would love to have you over. So feel free to contact us via email at info at drruthtanya.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. Or call us at 909-383-7978. You can also write us at Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries, P.O. Box 1806, Loma Linda, California, 92354. Then, we would like you to stay connected and grow in the Word of God with us by following us on Facebook. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanya Ministries on Facebook, then like and follow us. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can watch Dr. Ruth at your convenience 24-7. I am Chris Oram. Until next time, goodbye.